chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have a special guest. She's the founder of several nonprofit groups, Phoenix Normal, Normal in Arizona, the state chapter, Phoenix March, Women for Marijuana, and most recently, Mom Force. She's an activist, educator, and a mom. Please welcome with us tonight, my amazing wife, Kathy Inman. Kathy, thanks for showing up. Well, thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure's all mine. You know, so there was a... Some earth-shattering, in my opinion, events that occurred over the weekend. You actually put together, I don't want to call it a convention, but necessarily uh, you you had a speaking engagement geared towards educating seniors about cannabis, and you had a special guest. Who who was that guest? Yes, sir. It was a small seminar of about 80 to 100 people out there in Sun City, and my special guest speaker was Sheriff Joe Arpaio, America's toughest sheriff. So, yeah, it was a pretty big day last Saturday. Very exciting. What would your gauge be on his acceptance of cannabis? Well, you know, the sheriff has been listening. I've had four meetings with him, the first being a three-hour meeting where he listened to just a ton of information about cannabis. And, you know, it's mostly medically geared. I, I have taught him a little bit about history. You know, I've given him the Emperor Wears No Clothes by Jack Herrera so that if he had, you know, <laughs> if he thought about it, he could go ahead and thumb through there and expand his knowledge, but it's been mostly medically focused as I am a, you know, affiliate of Americans for Safe Access. And, you know, I like to focus on that medical information because it's helping so many seniors. Kim being our head senior here in Arizona, I thought, why not? You know, here's a guy who has more influence on the seniors of Arizona than anybody I can think of. He's kind of like Arizona's grandfather. So over the series of four meetings, I was able to get him to agree that, you know, uh, he didn't, he hasn't said in so many words, you know, what he's going to commit to right now because he's in a spot politically. But what he did say on Saturday was that he is absolutely behind veterans. He wants veterans to feel good. You know, he's he's very concerned about, uh, most likely he didn't say it, but he's very concerned about the veterans and the 22 deaths we have every day from uh, suicide. And these folks, a lot of times, are taking pharmaceuticals that are driving them there, that or alcohol, when we have that natural alternative that keeps them calm, keeps them happy, and, you know, they're able to use it as pain medication without those horrible side effects that, you know, kind of make them feel like they need to, you know, unfortunately end their life. And so when we have this kind of alternative, I know he recognizes that. He says he's got a heart for veterans. He believes in states' rights. And he, moreover, the biggest thing I thought, he looked at me and he said, this should really just be available uh, through the doctor with a prescription. Why can't we just go to Walgreens? And you know what? That's what every person, so many seniors ask me. Why can't we just go and get this at the Walgreens? Well, because it's a Schedule One drug right up there with heroin. And so what I've done is I've sent the sheriff a thank you note and told him, you know, can we get you, you know, possibly to help us with your influence and point out that federal 
fallacy, really, of scheduling marijuana right up there with heroin. Because if he wants us to be able to go to the doctor and get a prescription, perhaps he can help us with that. We, I think we saw a lot of good on Saturday, quite honestly. So tell me, uh, you've obviously met with the sheriff, the toughest sheriff in America several times. And me personally, I'd be shaking my boots. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, his very staunch stance on crime. And, you know, unfortunately, most of my life, at least, I've been a medical or not medical, but I've been a cannabis consumer. You know, I certainly had the dream, you know, uh, running down to uh, your Rite Aid or your Walgreens or Circle K and, and scooping up a pack of joints. And that was always my dream. But clearly, you know, uh, actually entering those doors into the sheriff's office, that had to be a very surreal moment the first, second, third, fourth time that you'd actually met this guy. Tell us about your interactions with him. I should start by saying I'm an otherwise law-abiding citizen, that I've been incensed about cannabis prohibition because I really, I like the law. I appreciate the police and and the good work that they do for us. So being an otherwise law-abiding citizen and being someone who I honestly feel, I feel like I'm fighting crime. I feel like cannabis prohibition is a crime. I feel like, you know, and this has not made me very popular, but quite honestly, street dealers expose our kids to a number of other drugs. So if we can regulate this substance and keep these street dealers from being able to avail our children of all these other drugs, I'm fighting crime. I'm fighting crime across the board. So really the sheriff and I have quite a bit in common. And that's the, the commonalities are what I was trying to point out when I went to visit him, not just the first time, but every time. And the more information I get about cannabis, the more information I get about the fact that teen drug use is dropping all over the country where we're regulating marijuana in the states where we regulate, this information is absolutely pertinent. And, and our lawmakers need to know this. And as a mom, you know, I'm protecting kids. He really appreciates that. There are some lawmakers that have taken notice. I honestly think even Bill Montgomery knows that, you know, there's a section of me that he likes what I'm doing. He understands. And- and for our listeners who don't know who uh, Bill Montgomery is, he's yeah, uh, the sorry. Maricopa County Attorney General. He's a staunch uh, opponent to legalization, medical movements of any kind as far as, as cannabis is concerned. He was one of those people that would vehemently oppose anything that, that looked like it, you know, looked green in any way, shape, or form. You met with him as well a couple of times. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. I got to meet him only because he liked you, sweetheart. You know, Bill Montgomery, our Maricopa County attorney, had actually agreed because I was able to go up to his office and talk with him. He he allowed me that. And during our, I don't know, half an hour, an hour conversation, we came up that we're going to agree to disagree. And I said, you know, why don't we do this in a public, an open public forum where we can have a beautiful discussion. You can get your points out. I'll get my points out. And we'll just have an open discussion. It wasn't supposed to be a debate or, you know, anything like that. And so what happened? He agreed to that. We had this thing planned. I was pretty excited about it. And then he went and planned three other or two other debates prior to mine and ended up in a bit of hot water because he spouted off at our friend Don, called him an enemy for using medical marijuana in a recreational way because Don did, you know, he's... 
he was very honest with Bill, and Bill had already been agitated. I mean, he was with a crowd. It was like a circus in that debate, and that's not what I was going to bring to our open discussion. And so Bill kind of stepped in some hot water, and I ended up not losing the debate, but losing the opportunity to have the open discussion because he wasn't able to do any more public appearances. <laughs> so, uh, so instead of the public appearance, he was very sweet enough to go ahead and sit down and have breakfast with me for an hour and a half. And, you know, he's a likable fellow one-on-one. He really is. But he is staunchly against marijuana. He absolutely feels that it's kind of the end of the world if we, if we legalize it. And, you know, it's all about the kids. And unfortunately, Bill's last email to me was, you know, we, we had an email exchange of facts. And, and I can't remember why we ended up talking again on the email, but we, we did and we got into it. And his last email was just really not full of um, the good science that I'm looking for. So we've kind of left on an interesting note and we'll never, I don't know where that will end up, but I really feel that Bill should come to one of these open forums and, and, you know, have some public discussion because we need to go over these facts and, and point out to the folks that there are really good facts on our side. And the facts that they have on their side are kind of, you know, they're using things that aren't science. They're using things that are more like, you know, they're referencing People like Kevin Sabat, who is probably the nation's most anti-marijuana person. He's one of the heads of SAM, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, which is pretty much the head prohibitionist organization in, in America. And Bill likes to point to things that man says as a reference. It's kind of like if I went ahead and pointed to something Rob Campia said and said, hey, marijuana is great because Campia says this. It just doesn't wash. These people don't have any science. The science that they do have points to the detriment of children using marijuana too much. Well, I'm with that. The children don't need to be using marijuana. I'm completely with that. Kids need to stay away from drugs, both legal and illegal. The kids absolutely need to be kept clean of any kind of substance. You know, in a developing brain, you, you let it develop just like you don't have a, you know, an eight-year-old lift weights. Kathy, we got to take a quick break. Folks, when we get back, we have Kathy Enman, my lovely wife. We'll be right back with you, folks. State of Cannabis. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. 
educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have my lovely wife, Kathy Inman, who has been out just, you know, really making a splash in not only the cannabis community, but certainly within our uh, legislatures, within our police force with our lawmakers. And I can't thank you enough for, for doing what you're doing. We were just talking about just a moment ago about Ken Sabat, the founder of SAM, which is just kind of like a, a dare on steroids, something that as uh, activists need to pay attention to and try and debunk as often as possible. We we're also talking about an amazing event that uh, happened Saturday where uh, she was actually able to corral the toughest sheriff in the country to come and, and talk at a, at a cannabis conference, talk about medical marijuana. And, you know, his resonating conversation was he'd like to see it in a pharmacy. And, and like you said, I couldn't agree more. You know, if it's medicine, it should be in some kind of format like that that we're kind of used to. Thank you very much, Kathy, for for joining us on the show. Uh, let's dive back into that Sam topic because I think that's important for people to understand the type of opposition and what that opposition looks like. Well, the, the opposition is great, and it's got a lot of money, and they've got a lot to lose this year. Um, they've got several states that are trying to regulate cannabis here in 2016, and you know. Pharma has a lot to lose. The pharmaceutical companies have a lot to lose. The big alcohol has a lot to lose. So these entities are going to be throwing money at these guys like Kevin Sabat. Kevin Sabat is, you know, he'll probably, he'll pretty much say anything. I hear, you know, this is a rumor. I haven't confirmed it, but you know, it's three thousand dollars an hour to get him to come do some anything. This guy is a high-paid prohibitionist shrill, and he needs to be stopped. He needs to be taken out now. It's a year ahead. We can start by tweeting him. We can start by, you know, just get some pressure on this guy. Sam, smart approaches to marijuana. It's it's the national version of MapForce. MapForce is the, the in-state Arizona organization that really, you know, they've done some really great work for kids as far as keeping kids away from dangerous drugs. Unfortunately, they've gone ahead and made their big champion item marijuana in the last couple of years. And I've taken notice of them. And honestly, that's why my organization went from being called Phoenix March to being called Mom Force. And who came up with that name, sir? I have no idea. Uh, oh, that would be you. <laughs> you know, and I, while I'm here and I'm on record, I just want to say Dave Inman is absolutely my, he's amazing. He's got so many wonderful ideas. He's been, he's so supportive of me. We've been together about four years. 
And in that four years, he's been with me through more of the time that I've been an advocate than I was on my own, which was three years ahead of us meeting. And, you know, he's just been absolutely a, a complete, just wonderful. You've been wonderful, honey. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go on and on. But your ideas and your support is what has really fueled me in the last few years. So thank you. But your idea also was Mom Force. Mom Force was your idea, and it was an answer to Matt Force and, and the information they were putting out about marijuana. because. We know that this is a substance that has never taken a life. I know now, I've learned uh, through the National Cancer Institute, why it doesn't take a life. I'll tell your folks really quick, because it doesn't affect that brainstem like alcohol and opiates do. The brainstem is the one that sends that signal to your heart and your lungs, shuts down, and kills folks. And that's why cannabis doesn't kill anyone. It works on other parts of the brain, not that brainstem. So I'm explaining these pieces of science to folks. Another piece, National Institutes of Health tells me 1,800 kids go to college and, and they pass away because they drank too much every year. Now, this, you know, when you have a natural alternative that is non-toxic, it can't take a life. As a mom, I cannot stop talking about this because we really need to call attention to it. And it's not that I want all the college students taking marijuana, but when you have some kind of alternative, it should be legal. There's no reason why this one shouldn't. It's 114. Here's another piece of science. It's 114 times safer than alcohol and other substances, according to the National Institutes of Health. You know, quite frankly, exactly like what you're saying, you know, I mean, not just humans, but mammals of all walks of life imbibe in some kind of an intoxicant. So it's not as if it's unnatural for this to occur. You know, I mean, you can go back through Bible references. You can go back through medical journals, you know, hundreds of years old. And, and they all reference, you know, things of that nature. You know, uh, there was a reference in the Bible I mean, saying that gonna... wine makes your heart sing. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, an intoxicant is going to happen nine times out of ten at some point. And if if what you do and can actually benefit and show people that if you're going to get intoxicated, do it on something that's not going to kill you. Well, or at least know what this alcohol is going to do to you. If you choose alcohol, I get that. But know that if you take enough of it, uh, not only do you take enough, you could die, but it can happen quickly. And that when you stop drinking, that alcohol still builds in your system because your liver's still giving out that intoxicant. So you're going to get even more intoxicated after you stop drinking. And this is the thing, folks, if they take a few drinks, and they say, oh, boy, I've got to stop. Well, they should have stopped a few drinks ago because it catches up and then you get even more intoxicated. Now, this is just all part of good, honest education, and that's what our kids aren't getting. What they're getting is a barrage of alcohol advertisement everywhere you look. Um, alcohol is great. Alcohol is fine. Alcohol is killing people. Alcohol is eight times as dangerous to drive when you take a reasonable amount of alcohol versus a reasonable amount of cannabis, according to the National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration. Uh, these things are true. This is science, and people need to know it because it's saving lives when they do. I can't thank you enough for I, I, how many countless lives you're going to save and probably already have. And I got to say, it's it's a pleasure watching the entire thing unfold. Um, I, I know I certainly don't have big enough balls to go and, and talk to uh, the, the toughest sheriff in the country. Oh, I know you I, talked I, to him the other day. I saw you. He <laughs> called you a doctor. Too. That was great. Oh, yeah. I'm like a doctor. <laughs> no, I'm like a doctor. You know, but that's that's actually something that was very unique for myself, seeing that uh, actually unfold, you know, but because of his adoration for you and and 
me walking up and finally meeting him, he instantly assumed that, you know, I, I would have been somebody like that. Like I would have been a doctor or, uh, you know, an architect or something of that nature. And it was actually kind of gratifying that, you know, I wasn't uh, immediately just rendered less than in his eyes. If anything, because of his relationship with you, I was raised and lifted because of that. And that's that's actually kind of an important and kind of a, a poignant thing that I wish all of you could have actually seen this or felt this type of thing. But to see somebody that you honestly, you, you didn't care for, you didn't like this person for years because of, you know, they, they were out to get you. At least that's what was in the back of your mind that, uh, you know, you're a criminal, so they're out to get you. But all of a sudden with the, the motions that are happening and, and people like you, uh, Kathy, that, uh, you know, we can actually have these amazing discussions that are so much more forward than ever. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the discussions that we can actually have on an open platform, not just with our lawmakers, but with the people behind us in line. And, you know, nine times oh. out of ten, they're going to know. They're going to want to interject and say, yeah, you know, I know somebody who, who has taken cannabis and it, it's benefited them. Or, yeah, you know, I've been smoking it for 50 years and, you know, I just happen to be, uh, you know, a New York Times author and it didn't do anything to me. You know, I mean, the, these stories continue to resonate within our communities and our culture, and it only seems to get more and more uh, poignant and purposeful every single moment, every single day. Um, we got to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, Kathy Inman, founder of Mom Force, State of Cannabis, Dave Inman. We'll be right back with you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. shooting past a thousand degrees fahrenheit it's burning up i'm afraid for this little guy it's just too late what caused the problem only dr dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth tasting slower burn this standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits sending it up in smoke so you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke not vapor correct keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to dr dabber doctor's order less heat (laughs) more flavor Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have none other than my wife. 
Kathy Inman, founder of MomForce. Kathy, we've been having some some wonderful little topics that we've been talking about. Uh, obviously, we we wanted to highlight uh, the fact that you were able to bring the toughest sheriff in the country and have him come and speak at one of your cannabis, medical cannabis events. And, you know, it, he's not 100% sold on, on recreational. And, it, it you know, his, his biggest thing about medical is he wanted to stop diversion. Now, how do we stop diversion? Well, one of the main ways is to regulate. I mean, regulation stops all kinds of problems. It doesn't stop it all together. I know they've still got problems, but, you know, we, we see the good information coming out of Colorado. You know, I don't know that they've had a big problem with that there, but honestly, I haven't gotten into this subject with the campaign or with anyone. I really haven't looked into it. It's not one of the things I've looked into. The things I've been looking into are things about kids' health, about uh, traffic safety, things that concern the average citizen. Uh, you know, diversion is something new. But what I told him while he was in a, kind of in a panic looking at me, because I, I, the, the greatest thing that I was able to do and what I really wanted to do is, is have the sheriff see the campaign chairman for the campaign to regulate marijuana for 2016. I wanted him to meet J.P. Holyoke and really sit down, and not that he hasn't met him before, but really kind of sit next to him and get a feel for this man and listen to his, what he had to say. Because he's a genuine, from, from what I understand, I don't know him very, very well, but he's certainly a gentleman. He certainly breaks off stereotypes of what people would expect from someone who would be behind a campaign like this. And that's really what I've been all about since the very beginning coming into this, recognizing that we could save lives and protect peace by calling attention to this injustice, I've been trying to break stereotypes. So I've always come out my regular church clothes or my regular work clothes, you know, clothes one would, you know, go anything respectable in. You know, and people, it makes, it makes the cannabis community uncomfortable, and I'm sorry for that, but <laughs> this, this is how we, this is how we do it. As they say, I mean, this is, how MPP has done it, the Marijuana Policy Project. You know, the first thing I recognized is that they put on a suit and talked to people. And I thought, well, that's the way to do it. And from then on, I have put on, you know, my best, my Sunday best before I go and talk about cannabis. Because if we take this seriously and we approach this by breaking stereotypes, look where we end up. We end up having Sheriff Joe come to the All Saints of the Desert Episcopal Church last Saturday and listen to me speak and others speak about medical marijuana. Now, that's breaking stereotypes, and that's progress, in my opinion. Without a doubt. And, you know, I'm going to uh, – we're, we're getting kind of close to out of time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of go through a little story just so you folks can understand. Um, so there was a, a Saturday morning. It was fairly early. This was somewhat after uh, Bill Montgomery decided to uh, call Don an enemy for his recreational use. The backlash that he received uh, over that, the next thing you know, I am – sitting on my porch. Uh, it's about five in the morning and I get a Facebook message from our county attorney. And in that Facebook message, I had, I know I'm going out on a limb, but by chance, does your wife check her Facebook messages? That was one of the most resounding moments I've had in recent memory, having our county attorney message me to attempt to get my wife's attention on his behalf so he could try and defuse a situation he had created for himself. That is cannabis activism at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. We have the power. This is the end game. 
and it is ours to win or lose. You know, sometimes you might have to put on a suit. So be it. You know, if you're at a funeral, you're not going to walk in with flip-flops and shorts. And uh, if cannabis is something that is important to you, do it. It's not that hard. I remember uh, switching jobs from job to job, you know, needed to stretch my wings out. And I had a mentor that I was thankfully hired and I had, you know, long hair down in my ass just about. And, you know, I, I shaved my head, you know, just because I got tired of it. And he pointed out another person like, look, this guy just told me uh, this, this and this. But I instantly disregarded him because he looked like, you know, he looked like he didn't know what he was talking about. And I instantly realized all those times that I had to go down to Intel and, and talk with engineers or when I was going down to a municipality and talking to a city planner, how much more time I had to spend to convince them that I knew what I was talking about. There is no need to do that. We don't need to have that conversation anymore. We just need to act and look the part. There's no reason that we need to be out on a limb. It's our world. This is our environment. It's ours to win or lose. And, you know, quite frankly, um, Kathy, you're, you're a beacon of hope. Uh, you are <laughs> my guiding light. Uh, and, and the reason why I put one foot in front of the next and do so with a smile on my face. And um, if, if only I we had you, more. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> if we only had more people doing what you do, this would be so much easier. And uh, all of you folks, I encourage you to really start thinking about what you can do. It's not just sit back. It's going to happen. It's not that time. It's sit back. Right. Let's secure the win. This is our win to make, not just in Arizona, not just in Colorado, not just in, in Oregon or Washington, D.C. or Alaska. We have a lot on the books right now, and we need to make it happen. We need to have those conversations, those uncomfortable conversations, ones that I would have been terrified to have that you did on her behalf. And thank you, Kathy. We're about out of time. And, uh, you know, I will be continuing this conversation after you guys have left. But first and foremost, I want to thank all of you for, for listening and sticking around for this edition of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or by subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. You can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.